Tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is session 26. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. Man, oh man, I'm so glad to be back. First podcast of the year. First podcast of the year. It's been, uh, I think, five weeks. Wow. Five weeks. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Yes, we are. I have my daughter, Aubrey, here. Hi. And we uh, just got back from the University of Miami, where she received... The best Christmas gift of all. Amen. Amen to that. And first of all, I just want to say thank you to all of our faithful listeners, the people at church, everybody that prayed for us, um, helped us financially. Trish and uh, Tamara for throwing a whale of a come home party for us. Yeah. I'm just going to let Aubrey, what'd you get for Christmas, Aubrey? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I received the... A liver kidney transplant, which I have been waiting for for nine years, wow. and I am ecstatic about it. How long was she on the list for that? For this one, I was on nine years, and um, I had received a kidney transplant back in '04, and the disease I had attacked that kidney. Come to find out later on in life when they had done some research and kind of studied me a little bit, they found out that the the disease or really the H-factor mutation that I had was housed in the liver. So the liver was putting out that mutation, which was killing my kidneys and um, causing me to be really sick a lot. So just so I can get it clear in my head, she was born... Aubrey was born. She had two kidneys. Mm-hmm. Her body had a disease, and her kidneys were attacked by something triggered in her liver from the disease. Yes. And then she had to have a kidney transplant when she was about four? When I was eight. When she was eight. And then her body attacked that kidney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was actually diagnosed at nine months of age, and there was literally no research. Very few people had even heard of atypical HUS. Isn't there only like two people in the world? There was. In the the, States. Yeah. With with hemolytic uremic syndrome. Mine is atypical. So (laughs) I'm kind of the only one in the U.S. and so far that we know in the world with this odd version of hemolytic uremic syndrome and with the h-factor mutation which is found in a lot of people just not the way i had it apparently (laughs) wow so so her body triggered something that killed the new kidney 
So she was then put on a wait list for what they figured would cure it would be a liver kidney transplant. The best way to look at it is this is the way we look at it. The hemolytic uremic syndrome is kind of a blood disorder, which can be controlled by medications and all, everything. However, the H-factor mutation that I had was... Had. I like had. to say that. <laughs> um, it's your immune system. And so how most people, if you get a cut or you get a flu, your mutation goes straight after that. Once it, or not your mutation, your immune, immune system, system goes straight after that. Once it attacks and kills that flu or that um, cold or whatever, your immune system knows to shut off. Mine, however, does not, or didn't. <laughs> Mine did not know how to shut off. And so if it didn't have anything to attack, like a sickness or a scab or anything, it went after your organs. And especially since I had um, transplanted organs, it, it was like it antibodies, this isn't yours, it's got to go. So it went straight after that. Wow. I have been blessed that it hadn't gone after anything else except my kidneys. So I just wanted people to know what you've already, you've just endured <laughs> through so much already. Mm-hmm. She actually was only one of two that qualified for a study on a, on a drug called Solaris, which came over from overseas. Come to find out, she, was, she actually ended up on the drug that she was a tested study for. Patient for. I had to quit the study because I ended up going on dialysis back in 2009, which didn't qualify me anymore for the study. Come to find out later when they actually released the drug to the public, they were like, hey, there's this new drug. And we were like, oh, we're familiar with that. I was in a study for that. And so they put me on that. And now that I've got this liver, I'm no longer on it. I don't need it. I don't have, like, nearly any of the antibodies that most people have after a transplant. And I did a biopsy just the other day, and it was completely clear. There was nothing wrong with it. And it was just, it's amazing looking back on everything that was orchestrated through God just to get where we are now just the little things like the weather for the flight the fact that there was one pilot who could actually fly the way and he was available um just right because you got the call and then you had four mm -hmm. hours yes is that because a lot of people they don't know how that works like you're you're on a list and you could get a call at any time yeah and it's like a lottery when you actually get the call we I think we were a little bit in shock too. I was, I think I was more calm than my dad. I'm just like, Dad, just calm down. And he's like, I can't calm down. You're I about can to tell go in surgery. How frantic it was when he called me and didn't answer the phone. Yeah. I was screaming like, Mike, pick up the phone you for God's sake. never pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they say though when they call? They just say, Hi, is Aubrey there? And then, um, my doctors usually if you're under 18, I'm 17. They just talk to the parents. Okay. However, they know that I'm really involved in my health. I like to know what's going on, when it's going on, how it's going on, etc. And so they wouldn't talk to dad till I was present. They wouldn't talk to me till he was present. So it was kind of like 10 minutes because I had just gotten out of the shower and I, he was screaming. He's like, Aubrey, where are you? Come here. And I was freaking out. I was like, what's going on? And so I run back over to where he was and it was, it was just crazy. And they 
being that it was considered a high-risk transplant, meaning the person probably didn't do the right things when they were alive or they went through maybe some drug abuse or certain things that just, you know, you shouldn't do. <laughs> but um, Sometimes, just to clarify, the, the, uh, the habits of living can make them a high risk, not, to, not to necessarily that they're, say, an IV drug user or prostitution or anything like that, but there, there was um, something in their habit of life that made them high risk. So mm -hmm. they have to, by CDC standards or uh, Center for Disease Control, they have to tell us that. So there was a group of them in the room when they called. So it was like this big, huge conference call. What was really neat, it was the time the call came in was was just after 6 o'clock, and I have just closed the store. December 17th? Um, 13th is when we went, and yeah. I got my transplant. Yeah. I got my liver on the 14th and my kidney on the 15th. Mm -hmm. There was some trouble with harvesting the organs originally because um, I guess the donor was not at the same institution as we were. you know. But what was really neat was when they rolled her down for surgery for the liver, I was actually standing there when they landed with the liver, and I was able to snap a picture yeah, of the container. Yeah, you snapped a picture of that. Yes. In the container, yeah. in the oh, cooler. Oh, yeah. I said, hey, can I get a picture of that? That's right. my daughter's. And they're like, sure. So I took one real quick, and they rolled it on in as quick as they could go. That's one of the things that people don't understand either is once you get that call, hey, we've got a kidney liver for you, you have how long four to hours. get four hours to get to from from, to from the time they harvest the organs you have four hours right. um they had the donor on life support because we actually got there she wasn't in the same hospital or facility i'm not quite sure which one it was but she wasn't there when we got there so we actually ended up waiting I think 24 hours they had her on life support right. just to give oxygen and keep the blood flowing and everything. But you, and no, then no one knew this until you got there. Right. As far as you knew, you had to you be had there four within hours. four hours. Yeah, as far as we knew, we were straight there. And then as soon as she got there, they were like, it's go time. Mm -hmm. And went straight up to ER, and it, it was crazy. And then I kind of blacked out after that because... <laughs> <laughs> but you were I asleep remember, for three days, yeah. I remember little things but yeah that was that was amazing and i we were there i think within two hours of getting the call mm -hmm. with flight time and i think we were in wow. 58 minutes or I so think that was posted on i think i saw that posted on uh, Facebook. yeah um the guy that flew us had a turbo cirrus uh, airplane which um fritz tell us about that i understand that you had a list of seven Seven pilots for this. What is the name of this group? Angel Flight. Uh, Angel, Angel Flight. Flight. Okay. Right. And uh, they assigned him a medevac call sign, which pretty much gives you a lot of clout when you're in the air. So we were going into Miami airspace, which there was all these jumbo jets all around us, and you could see all this traffic and activity, and they were held up just for us. Wow. It was unbelievable. Well, can, can you back up, though? You, you had a list of seven people to call. It's and crazy. It, and the first six, from what I understand, couldn't. Couldn't fly. 
couldn't fly. Right. And you had four hours. The, mm-hmm. the clock the was ticking. One, That's correct. And the seventh one you called was Brad. Right. And we weren't we weren't making the phone calls, though. Angel Flight was. Okay. Because they have a list of pilots that said, yes, we could do it. But right. this is Christmas season, and people were out at parties and had obligations. Mm-hmm. But not only that, there's not every pilot is qualified to fly into, That's you know, B-class airspace and... And a lot of pilots are nervous about and flying into that. And he was the only that. one, from what I understand. Yeah, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he won't mind me mentioning his name is Brad. And, um, in fact, if you'll go to his website, Brad in Motion, and you can see the blog that he wrote uh, about the the trip itself, and you can get a lot of details. If, if you're a pilot and you're listening and you enjoy those kind of things, he gives a lot of detail about that. Um, Brad in Motion, his and dot com just go to his blog there but he was the last one on the list he was and if he, he couldn't do it then if, it was not going to happen well, he was I, even at a party that night for christmas for his family and everything too and he left for us oh, which wow. was amazing to us that he was like yeah sure i'll be there in 10 minutes <laughs> there was a another pilot named steve who is the i think the assistance um to kathy who is the coordinator at angel flight and he's flown probably thousands of missions so he called me personally and said look if if uh i this last call doesn't go through i'm gonna be the guy so we would have gotten there you know he would have flown us but but brad um didn't hesitate he left the party and said you know i'm on my way he called uh show walter aviation over at uh, Orlando Executive, and he said, listen, uh, he told him the situation, so they pulled his aircraft out, fueled it up, and had it sitting on the tarmac when he got there. So literally, the only thing we had to do was climb in and go. Wow. That was just amazing. And when I sit back, it just tweaks my mind how just the uh, a wave of favor came over us that night. Mm -hmm. How God orchestrated that. Just from the time of the phone call, the weather, and I remember Brad, who was the pilot, he says, uh, we've got a bit of a a crosswind going into Miami. He said, it could get a little rough. He said, just just prepare yourself. And the um, if you know much about flying in a small aircraft, when you got a, you know, pretty excessive crosswind, you do something called crab his aircraft is almost literally turned sideways like this coming in but we were flying straight coming in towards the runway and you could see it but what was amazing was just before we sat down that aircraft straightened right up and sat down and he said wow I, I can't believe it I thought we had a really bad crosswind but that was it's all taken it care perfect. of all taken care you know, of. It was no problem. God's got you know, this. And he was, he's a really proficient pilot. I'm sure some of it was him and a lot of it was God. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was, you know, when you just account for the the hundreds of tiny miracles yes. that made the whole big miracle. Come together. Like, I'm sure oh that my she sat on that list and you prayed night after night. Why, God? Why? Why not today? Why didn't we get the call today? When is she going to get this call? And my understanding is that um, there were people at your job that had 
put all their work hours Yes, thanks for together. reminding me, Trish. I, yes. Um, and this it, is why I think God said, I'll wait until December. Sorry, Fritz. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, had it been the first of the year, well, but let me back up. Basically, the company that I work for, Extra Space Storage, they had a time bank, a corporate time bank, and people could donate their unused, unwanted, well, I wouldn't say unwanted, but unused vacation time. Right, instead of a use it or lose it policy. Correct, right. They had a bank that you could bank the hours in. They donated over 200 hours for me. I never once had to worry about a paycheck. Right, While because I was down there. you had to go. How how many weeks were you guys down there? Um, we were we were in the hospital four weeks, and then we stayed at the Ronald McDonald House outside of the hospital for a week and a half. Went back for like two or three days. And one of the guys flew down to see you, didn't he? Well, Brad, the pilot, he flew back down and brought his whole family, his two boys and his wife. But then it, an angel flight is also all volunteer, right? That's the people correct. that fly. And then the other thing is a guy from your company, didn't he come down? Well, actually, my district manager, Corey yes. Ward, he uh, he won't mind me mentioning him, I'm sure, but he uh, he came down and brought his daughter. And I was nervous because I heard he was coming down, and I thought, are they just showing up like to tell him he's fired? They don't need his help anymore? <laughs> is that what's going on here? You know, because... You know, I I just, I wasn't sure why he was coming down. I was very up at arms when I heard he was coming down. I was really nervous that he was coming down to just tell you, you know, look, I'm, I'm sorry, but we just can't hold your position or. Well, there's another miracle in the making right there because uh, Corey and I kind of got off to a rough start when he first took over as district manager. God just kind of turned that relationship around completely. He is not only been a great boss but off the record i mean he's been a great friend uh he has he took it personally to um make sure that we were okay you know right down he even tried for hours to get us a home-cooked meal delivered for christmas wow and he, said he could only find one lousy chinese restaurant that would deliver <laughs> so uh we let him off the hook but it, um, he sent us you know provision along the way and it's just been miraculous between the 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 company and how uh, awesome they've been yeah because you ended up they banked all those hours so it it was december so they said okay we have all these hours to give somebody who are we going to give them to and then your situation came up Corey applied um for me on my behalf and and then they approved it and uh, I even got a call from Salt Lake City that, that said, um, listen, you know, we don't want you to hurry back. We want you to, to take care of your daughter and, and not have to worry about a paycheck. Finances. And finances. And between um, my work and then the Real Men group at church and uh, you guys and people plenishing my Dunkin' Donuts card. <laughs> <laughs> because without coffee there's no life yeah. yes <laughs> so <laughs> life after coffee <laughs> it, it's just been amazing and i wish we had enough time to talk about every intricate detail 
of the whole thing, but all I know is this little girl sitting across from me mm-hmm. yes. has one whale of a testimony, and oh, she does, and she's um, she has a waited glow. a long time for it. Like we were talking about, Mikey, earlier, the perseverance test. Yeah, I guess the pain is always worst before the birth. Yeah, yeah. and it, it just know if you're out there and it, it it just feels like you can't take it anymore. You are on the verge. You were just around the corner from mm-hmm. your from your miracle yeah. as well. And I'll say it again: God has big plans for Aubrey. Amen. I do. Yes. I've she could be the next Catherine Coolman. Yeah, really. I've been telling telling you, Aubrey, for the past few <laughs> years that God has big plans for you. And now this transplant, do they think that it cured her disease? There has been no sign of the um, H factor mutation. So they've basically, done blood to speak tests, English. Done, <laughs> to speak English, yes, it has cured. It has cured it. Yes. There's no... Um, the liver is not triggering anything to attack. The liver is perfect. The, the kidney is perfect. Everything's perfect. And there's only one explanation, and that's God. Because, honestly, they were, the liver people, the liver, not people, the liver doctors were pretty much telling me I could go home within two, three weeks. And the kidney doctors, they're just more cautious. But the, other than that, they couldn't find anything wrong my blood work has been great. You've been back for a biopsy to mm-hmm. see if everything is being I just rejected went for or anything. A biopsy last week and yesterday. Yesterday, I got it. Did I? I got it on Tuesday, yeah. and oh, it's, you got home yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and it was perfect. They couldn't find anything wrong, and they come in. They're like, you can get your dialysis catheter out. Just blood once a week. Um, see us. You're getting a your port so. out, which you've had a port for how long? I've had a dialysis catheter most of my whole life. And when I got my first kidney transplant, um, I had it out for the five years that I had that transplant. As soon as I went back on dialysis, it was straight back in again. And right. And you said before we started recording that um, you were unable to get baptized. You want to get baptized because mm-hmm. you've had a port your whole life mm-hmm. and they can't submerge you in the water so that's like a next step for you it is i'm really excited too i'm excited to go swimming i'm excited to get baptized i'm excited to just be normal um, maybe consider normal yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean who's really normal but <laughs> yeah, nice to have a normal life. yeah really you don't know what it is yet <laughs> i learned young there's no such thing as normal <laughs> but uh, if i could add to that there was no research done on atypical HUS when she was first diagnosed at nine months of age. It has only been recently, probably within the last year, maybe, that they were studying Aubrey's case. And there was probably four institutions that I could probably name off that were involved in research on her case that they came up, that they figured out that the liver actually houses this mutation or for lack of a a better uh, the switch to turn off and on the Mm -hmm. immune Immune system system. was actually housed in the liver part of the moral debate of that was whether to transplant a perfectly good working liver not knowing for sure well not knowing for sure because aubrey's liver functioned perfectly I mean, it, there was nothing wrong with it except for the fact that it did not have this complement in the blood. 
that she needed. So to there was to a turn the switch off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a big moral dilemma whether to, you know, transplant another liver for, for that one. We since found out, though, since they made the decision, there was a, a an older gentleman that got her liver. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if... It, Somebody let it slip. I don't know if he was 73 or 78. I heard that that um, that somebody was a recipient of her cool. liver. Isn't that amazing? It is. Wow. And being since he has normal blood, his my liver would be compatible and fine. Wow. Yeah. It wouldn't have. And if he the got 10 or 15 more years, you know. So he got a Christmas miracle too. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You got a 17-year-old liver. <laughs> yeah, he did. Watch out, ladies. Yeah, really. I know. I'm like, I just knocked 17 years off your life. <laughs> <laughs> of course, when I tried to find out a little more detail about it, everybody kind of steered me off of it. Yeah. So, that, you know, there's a lot of privacy issues with, with transplantation. Yeah. You know, we only know more what medical. we know about the donor because of the, you know, high risk factor CDC mm-hmm. requirements. But uh, I would like to one day maybe... Um, Reach out. You know, reach out, write the mother a letter. That Um, was something that I did. I had on my driver's license, um, organ donor on my license, and I didn't know that in Florida you can actually go and register, um, and it makes it, I guess, happen more smoothly. And once I found out that she got the call for the transplant in Aubrey's honor, I went to that website and signed up to be an organ donor so that there's no question, you know, for my family, if something were to happen to me, mm-hmm. you know, should they donate or not, they'll know my wishes were to actually donate. Well, well that's, that's fantastic. You know, Aubrey's story, uh, I'm still hearing about people that were, that were touched or affected by her story. Mm-hmm. Just tells me right there that that God is writing a story in all of us, and we right. need to protect it. Right. You know, we need to be sensitive to it so that it can happen. Right. You know, and good, I always the say, good I always and say the bad. You got to protect, take your life, and protect your testimony with your life. That's right. Well, thank you for coming on the show and and sharing. No problem. <laughs> Just been Pretty, I enjoyed well it. versed, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy her tape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She'll give you an autograph. She uh, oh, stay, yeah. stick around. Taught me how to twit. <laughs> so I didn't know how to Tweet. twit. Are you tweeting me? <laughs> <laughs> man, it's just so good to be back. Um, oh man, I missed this. Uh, I I really did. You guys out there missed it as much as we did because. Uh, it's just good to be back. It is. It really, really is. And uh, you guys just uh, make your presence known. God Stories Radio at gmail dot com. You can twit us. And, twit uh, us. Tweet twit. us. Tweet. 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 Oh, and um, <laughs> can you put that website for the donor? There's a website um, about Donate Life Florida. It's www dot donate life florida dot org. That's where I went, donatelifeflorida.org, where you can go and register for becoming That's a donor. That's an awesome idea, Trish, and uh, appreciate you passing along the yes. information. If you'd like to become a donor, I am. I would certainly recommend it. 
what good are what good are they when I'm gone? So mm-hmm. you know, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. You know, you got that right. These old them bones, them bones, them <laughs> dry bones. But anyway, well, this has been session twenty six. Mm-hmm. It went well with us, me, and my daughter Aubrey, and Mikey, and right. Trish. And anyone else out there, that if they've heard this testimony and didn't listen to session two, that's where Aubrey's uh, testimony is at the beginning before this finish uh, part came in on session 26. So be sure and go there and check it out on godstoriesradio.com and drop us a line at godstoriesradio at gmail.com or uh, tweet us at God Stories Radio, Facebook.com, God, at slash God Stories Radio. So this has been Session 26. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. And I'm Aubrey. <laughs> God bless. God bless. God bless.